I'm your health coach, Melissa Lee. Here at Thriving with Nourishment Health, I provide women with the resources to reclaim fertility and celebrate periods through the lens of functional medicine. It is time to empower ourselves with natural solutions over band-aid medicines. We will get to the root cause of symptoms to see the bigger picture. Let us find the ability to heal ourselves, get back to Mother Nature, and live in a healthier world. Hi everyone, say hi to Macy Mathern, founder of Flora Nutrition and a nutritional therapy practitioner. She was guided by her own struggles with food sensitivities, anxiety, depression, and poor gut health to do this work. Macy takes a holistic functional approach to helping clients make sustainable lifestyle changes and thrives on empowering folks to feel their best in their bodies. She's on the show today to explain in simple terms the importance of the gut's role and its connection to our hormones. I'm really excited to have her on here because I found her social media really, um, really clear and, you know, amazing at explaining like really complex scientific terms. So I'm really glad that you're here. Welcome, Macy. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you think that it is, um, that it's done so, so well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that's with all of these terms. <laughs> right, yeah, I think it's really important because there's so many, you know, science terms and, you know, people can get tripped up about it. Um, so, you know, jumping right into the gut, like what are, what are the gut's primary functions? Like, what do we think about it? Yeah, so when I talk about the gut, I kind of actually like to break it down sort of into three different parts because I feel like we say gut, right? But gut and gut health sort of is, is thrown around so much these days. And I feel like it's used sort of interchangeably in these different scenarios talking about different things. So um, I like to sort of just break it down into three different parts. So the first part when we're talking about the gut is the physical gastrointestinal tract, right? So when we eat food, you know, the food, we take the food into our mouth, it goes down our esophagus, enters the stomach, you know, we have these surrounding organs that help us digest, like the liver, pancreas, gallbladder, small intestine, large intestine, all the way down to the rectum. So basically, you know, the physical path, right, that our food actually takes. Mm -hmm. So the functions here obviously are you know, extracting nutrients. We absorb our nutrients here from the food we eat. We absorb water, things like toxin elimination, um, and just generally eliminating, eliminating waste from the body. So that's the physical GI tract. The second thing that we, you know, that we think about in terms of the gut is actually the physical tissue or the barrier often you'll hear this called the gut lining. So basically our gut lining is made up of cells and a mucus layer. So this is what is so crucial to deciding what can or cannot pass through from our GI tract into you know, the bloodstream and the rest of the body. So a lot of times when people talk about gut health, they throw around this term called leaky gut, which, you know, mm. sounds kind of gross, but <laughs> our <laughs> intestines are, you know, are always in some way permeable, right? Because we have to get the nutrients through to the bloodstream that we need for our cells to work. But problems come in when we start having all of these environmental things come into play, like high stress, heavily processed foods, 
you know, some people have food triggers, we have um, medications like NSAIDs and, you know, a lot of environmental toxins that we're exposed to pathogens. So these are things that, you know, we need to consider when we're thinking about, you know, the actual physical gut lining and whether or not that structure, you know, is in place as it should be. Um, and then the third is my favorite to talk about. And if, you know, obviously you see on my social media, love the gut microbiome. So basically when we talk about gut health, a lot of people are, are referring to the actual gut microbiome. So this is a collection of literally trillions of microbes. So bacteria, yeasts, fungi um, that live in our GI tract and are most concentrated in the intestine or colon have tons of different functions. Um, but I really think that, you know, I know that you, um, you, you talk with a lot of functional medicine practitioners. Like I think functional medicine has done such a great job of sort of moving away from this idea that, you know, every part of the body sort of operates in a vacuum. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think as maybe a lot of people get, get really specialized into certain, you know, especially in conventional medicine, we sort of lose sight of that and how, you know, really interconnected everything in the body is, and especially how interconnected everything is to these microbes, which, you know, there are so many of them, they outnumber the amount of cells in our body. There are so many of them that their DNA actually outnumbers the DNA that we have in our own body. So it's, it's really kind of amazing. And I think, um, I, I really kind of think the, the microbiome is sort of the future of medicine. And there's so much exciting research, you know, over especially the last decade that that really right. corroborates that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Before we get into the whole microbiome, you know, talk, um, yeah. I do want to kind of review like, okay, so our digestive system, you know, it's all about like, um, assimilating our food and extracting mm -hmm. nutrients and one thing you said about the digestive system was eliminating uh, toxins which I think um, you know it's not something that we think about when we think about like our digestive system so that's really yeah. important to take note and also the gut lining um, you know you were saying that it's the intestines, they do have a filter already, but it's just mm -hmm. that that filter kind of gets, you know, a little bit more porous when there's some sort totally. of like um, inflammatory molecule happening. And that, you know, kind of leads to the whole thing about like inflammation and leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So <laughs> moving on from that, like, so how does the microbiome come into play here? Yeah. So, um, the microbiome has so many different functions, you know, we could talk all day about it, Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. But, but one, you know, one is something that you sort of just touched on a little bit with inflammation, and that is the digestive tract and the microbiome play a huge role in our immunity. So I think a lot of people don't actually know that or don't really think about it. Um, but around, you know, 70% of our immune system cells actually live in our GI tract. And it is one of the first barriers against potential pathogens, right? That come into the body. If we're, you know, ingesting something like our GI tract and our microbiome is, is setting off signals like, Ooh, you know, this, this shouldn't be something that's in here. Um, so, you know, 
along with that, it plays a huge role in controlling inflammation, which is basically the driver of disease. So, you know, your microbiome has huge implications in all sorts of inflammatory processes, like, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, if we're talking about the GI tract, Crohn's, you know, they're, they're linking it to cardiovascular disease and inflammation, you know, in a cardiovascular system, autoimmunity, all sorts of things. So, so yeah, immunity is a huge, huge function. Um, it will, like we it talk- almost feels yeah. like a starting point. Totally. Yeah. Like, exactly. The, yeah. Well, you know, I'm in like functional medicine school and one of the modules, the title is so aptly named disease begins in the gut, which I think it's very yeah. appropriate based on what, yeah. Yeah. And it was Hippocrates that said that, right? Like <laughs> yeah, so I think long so. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All disease begins in the gut, I think was the quote. And yeah, it, it really is. It's funny because I think for so long, uh, this idea has been sort of pushed off in, in conventional medicine and people are like, yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, look at all of these things that we know. And I think now it's so interesting that we're sort of coming back around to this idea that like, oh, wait, this thing is super foundational to, you know, all of these different processes in the body. Um, And some more of those, you know, that we haven't talked about yet, those gut microbes help us digest our food. They do things like help us regulate our appetite. Um, And, you know, some of the appetite hormones can come into play there. They play a role in our blood sugar regulation. So when we're talking about things like diabetes, pre-diabetes, which is so, so common and so underdiagnosed, um, and even Alzheimer's, which, you know, scientists are now starting to call type three diabetes because there's such a blood sugar regulation um, connection there. Like that, that's a huge, huge implications there in the gut microbiome, hormonal function, you know, our gut microbes also produce nutrients like B vitamins. So we think of eating foods that, you know, provide nutrients, which of course they do. But interestingly, our gut microbes actually produce some vitamins like B vitamins, vitamin K. They produce these things called short chain fatty acids, which is like a super like hot term, I feel like (laughs) in the functional medicine space. Yeah. Um, But yeah, things like butyrate that help maintain our colon health and our, and our gut lining, like we talked about reducing inflammation, that sort of thing. Um, and then one of my favorites, like my background, as I've talked about is, is in psychology and neuroscience as well. So a lot of our neurotransmitters are produced. So those little chemicals, um, that, you know, help our brain function basically are produced in the gut, like dopamine, GABA, serotonin is a huge one. Um, and these, these factor into things like anxiety, depression, sleep and wake cycles, mood, you know, overall brain health. So, yeah, I mean, so, so many things that these, these little tiny microbes do for us. That's so crazy to me when I was starting to learn about it. Um, you know, I always thought that the microbes were just only about the nutrients or it's helping us to absorb things, you know, right. Or, um, but yeah, I mean, and we can, you know, start talking about this, like 
all that connection yeah. to like neurotransmitter and hormones, um, you know, all these like communication between the gut and the brain. Like, I think it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like in your opinion, like, you know, how do events happening in our gut translate into like changes in our moods, for example? Yeah, this is, this is a really big one and it's super interesting. So, you know, I studied psychology and neuroscience, like I mentioned we learned all about the neurotransmitters. We learned the physiology of how they function, how they correlate with mood and mental health. Um, and, and we learned about this physical, a little bit, we learned about this physical <laughs> connection between the gut and the brain called the enteric nervous system. And you'll hear you know, a lot of people talk about the vagus nerve, which is sort of this, um, this highway, I guess you could say, between the gut and the brain. Uh, essentially, we know that the brain and the GI tract are in constant communication back and forth with each other. So not only can our brain affect our GI tract, which probably most of us has, have experienced, you know, when we get really nervous or excited, you know, anxious or excited, we can, you know, sometimes get upset stomach, this feeling of butterflies in our stomach, you know, even diarrhea, like those things are very real. Um, And what we now understand is how important that the connection from the gut to the brain is as well. So, you know, if we have a really imbalanced mix of good and, you know, not so good microbes in the gut, we're having issues with the gut lining, you know, maybe some intestinal hyperpermeability, like we talked about, this can really have really profound impacts on the brain and how you know, the brain actually functions. And that can be, like we talked about, the neurotransmitter production. Um, But also the gut bacteria are largely responsible for inflammatory responses in the body. So we understand, right, that the research shows us that systemic inflammation in the body, which most of which, you know, begins in the gut, is not only the basis to chronic disease, like we talked about, but the research is showing that it's literally foundational to mood disorders like depression, anxiety, neuroinflammatory disease like dementia and Alzheimer's. So, I mean, this is like really groundbreaking stuff, right? When we think about like, you know, people have been diagnosing this and we've been talking about it in terms of, you know, this chemical imbalance in the brain, which, you know, it can be part of it, but it, it also, these things are pointing to this inflammation, this widespread inflammation in the body beginning in the gut can actually have, you know, a huge basis to, to these things that we deal with. Um, and just as like a, a plug of a book that I really love and that I like feel like I always talk about is called Brain Maker by, by Dr. Perlmutter. And, you know, he, this came out probably 2016, I would say, Um, the research moves super fast, but this was a like really foundational book for me to start connecting all these things from my, you know, previous studies to my now nutrition studies. And yeah, I really recommend that to anybody who, who deals with these things themselves has, you know, anyone in their life that does, it's just, it's really, really, really illuminating for sure. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out too. I'm always like, you know, searching for great books. Yeah, I know, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I feel like this work that you've been doing is such a good marriage of like, 
where you were learning about psychology in the brain and then now your nutritional studies. Um, So, you know, if someone's listening to this, would that mean like, you know, certain foods that they're eating would actually make them more depressed or anxious compared to like whole fresh foods, for example? Totally. Yeah. I mean, there is a huge link between the foods that we eat and the state of microbiome. So, you know, we can talk about just sort of generally what foods, um, you know, I'd recommend for gut health and that that is if there's anything that, you know, somebody takes away from listening to this today, food really is being shown to be the biggest driver of microbiome health. And so when we're thinking about, yeah, people dealing with depression, anxiety, all of these things, like we tend to, um, we tend to want to sort of, you know, innately almost boost these neurotransmitters through like sugar and thing, you know, comfort foods and things that we think will make us feel better, which, mm-hmm. you know, in turn actually are sort of hitting us at the source of, you know, or one of the sources of sort of where this inflammation can be coming from. So, yeah, I mean, some of the things that, that, you know, we, we want to eat to help for, you know, help with our, our gut health is, I mean, simple and, you know, we all know it, but regularly eating a variety of colorful plant foods, you know, especially Mm -hmm. fiber rich foods. So things like fruits and vegetables, you know, starchy and non-starchy vegetables, all the super vibrant, colorful foods, you know, that we, we want to make sure that we incorporate into our our diet. Um, Prebiotics are, you know, a huge one in, in gut health. So these are basically just um, types of fibers that our body doesn't digest on its own, but our gut bacteria love. So basically like prebiotic is sort of like your, you know, your food for your, your gut microbes. So this can be things like onions, leeks, garlic, all the stuff that when you throw in a pan, everyone's like, oh my God, what are you cooking? It smells so good. Like, <laughs> I love those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, asparagus, artichokes, whole grains like oats, um, legumes, if you can tolerate them. You know, a lot of these really, really great whole foods. Um, resistant starches are another sort of key player and things that the microbes love to feed on. And this is sort of a little bit of a more obscure one, but um, things like cooked and cooled grains contain resistant starch, mm-hmm. cooked and cooled potatoes, potato starch, raw potato starch, which seems odd, but like, you know, some people throw like a little, a teaspoon or half teaspoon into a smoothie, like that's something that you can do. Um, with any of these things, what I like to remind people of is if you don't have a ton of these things in your diet already, like you're not eating you know, a varied, um, you know, nutrient dense, whole, more whole foods diet, increase these things slowly. Cause you know, it, it does take our body a little bit of time to adjust. And, you know, if we just throw a ton of fiber in when we're not used to it, our body does have have to adjust. And, you know, we want to make sure that, that, that doesn't, that itself doesn't cause a little bit of, um, stomach upset and that sort of thing. So something to keep in mind. Um, and then I of love course, that you said that. Yeah, go ahead. Because yeah. I feel like also people, you know, if we think about like, oh, we have to add like vegetables and prebiotics 
and we tend to, you know, just kind of pile it all on at the same time or, you know, feel really overwhelmed. So I'm yeah. so glad that you said like increase slowly because that also yeah. brings people into like, okay, step by step. I don't have to do, I don't have to, you know, get like a perfect microbiome overnight. Um, so that that's a really key one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you say it that way too, because that sort of is, you know, if anyone, anyone that's worked with me, anyone that sort of follows me probably knows like that, that that's sort of the way that I approach things in general, like we, you're right, like we can't change our entire diet overnight. It's totally overwhelming to do. It can overwhelm the body and, you know, it's just, it's not super realistic. So yeah, I mean, I think with anything, like give yourself grace, take, take things slowly and sort of introduce things as you can and as reasonable, you know, for you to do Um, sort of from a physical and, you know, a mental aspect, I guess. Yeah. And then two, like a couple of things we didn't talk about as far as foods to integrate probiotic rich foods are great, you know, fermented vegetables, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso paste, yogurts, you know, whether you can tolerate dairy or not, coconut yogurts, um, that sort of thing. And then, you know, generally anti-inflammatory foods will help with this, you know, omega-3 rich foods like salmon, sardines oysters um, walnuts ground flax seeds you know all of these different things polyphenols I mean I could go on for you know obviously I love (laughs) I love all my (laughs) anti-inflammatory foods but you know the polyphenols are huge too like these are the polyphenols are those things in the um, really vibrantly colored foods that sort of give them their color but also give us tons of nutrients so you know Mm -hmm. that's when we think about things like pomegranate and cacao dark chocolate which I love that that's in that list love it Um, (laughs) love it uh blueberries raspberries you know colorful dark spices like clove and yeast and cinnamon so yeah all kinds of, of really really great things that you can add in to you know help sort of bolster up your microbiome and then yeah um in turn sort of have these systemic you know longer longer term or you know larger effects like we're talking about with depression and anxiety I like how you um frame the whole like examples of foods that can help with the gut and not only for your gut but also to actually help with your mood symptoms and all the other symptoms that you have like I think you know from this episode if there's one thing that listeners um you know takeaway is that okay we're eating not only for you know just absorbing nutrients but those nutrients really have so many roles to play in all of these biological processes and that's why it's totally more important um i kind of want to get into you know some of these like really important uh functions of the gut so one of them you said that the gut gets rid of toxins so how how does the gut do do this yeah so I mean physically right the gut plays one of the most important roles in the body in terms of ridding us of toxins and when we say toxins we mean either exogenous toxins so things that are coming from outside of our body and that can be you know cleaning products food additives glyphosate is a huge one which is a really common pesticide that you know they spray on our food um, unconventional and, and non-organic foods, um, 
chemicals from cosmetic products, hair treatments, you know, all of these things that can be uh, plastics, things that can, can act as, you know, xenoestrogens, which I know you've talked about, you know, in, in your hormone practice and, you know, the, these things that can, that can sort of mimic estrogen in the body and cause us more problems in that way, you know, and then we also have in endogenous toxins. So, you know, not every toxin in the body is from outside of the body. We also produced waste products when, um, just during normal, normal body processes. So those are things that we want to make sure that we excrete. Um, you know, there are also a number of actual gut microbes, like we talked about that actually help us rid of those toxins. So having that good gut, you know, gut balance is key there for eliminating toxins. Um, you know, I feel like I would I can't talk about eliminating toxins without the liver. It's such mm -hmm. a huge part of it, you know, and is, right. is, um, you know, helps us filter the toxins, removes the toxins, sends it through into the bile and then which we rid of when we poop. So when we talk about the digestive system's role in excreting toxins, we're literally referring to the toxins being excreted as waste, you know, whenever we go to the bathroom. So if we're not having regular bowel movements, you know, one to two times per day, semi-regularly and timing and that sort of thing, you know, the toxins that are meant to be excreted will actually sit in, you know, our bodies and our intestines for, for longer than they should be in the colon. And, you know, some of those toxins can actually be reabsorbed into our bloodstream and then since circulating back around and then, you know we have this larger burden right on our right. detox processes so yeah huge 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 part of eliminating toxins for sure yeah that's a really good point the last point um, mm -hmm. I always you know tell my clients if they ever want to lose weight if there's one of their goals or you know like a side yeah. effect of healing um they really need to make sure that they are not constipated because mm -hmm. you know all the toxins are released from adipose tissue and if they're not like eliminating or excreting it literally out of the body it yeah it can reabsorb um and you know like a big one is like estrogen it always <laughs> kind of reabsorbs exactly. and contributes to yeah. like yeah a higher level of estrogen in the body so yeah totally. thank you for breaking that down like that's really helpful yeah so, of course. Uh, you know what about like hormones is there a connection between our gut and hormones yeah yeah definitely and you kind of just touched on on one of the things i wanted to talk about um with estrogen it's a big one Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm glad we're bringing this up to you because I think, I think a lot of, you know, functional practitioners are really starting to sort of really recognize the, that focusing on proper digestion and the state of the gut microbiome is a huge factor in hormonal imbalances. Um, you know, I really like Dr. Jolene Brighton's work on this. She, she has a, a great book beyond the pill where she, she does go down and actually break break down how the gut microbiome factors into, you know, all of these hormonal imbalances, but, but yeah, one, one of the huge factors is that, um, which we just spoke about in terms of digestion. So estrogen circulates around our body. Once we've used it, it's mm -hmm. very good typically at packaging it up and, you know, getting it to where it needs to go to actually eventually be excreted by our bowels. So like I said, when we have, you know, and, and like you said, when we have compromised digestion, 
constipation, irregularity, you know, the, the estrogen actually stays in our body longer than it should. And like you said, can cause buildup of excess estrogen and, you know, these hormone producing these hormone related symptoms that, that, you know, give us so much trouble. So making sure that literally just as simple as, you know, and, and it, it not, it often is not actually that simple to, to deal with constipation, but, you know, uh, simply pooping regularly every day is, is really a fundamental step to actually helping the body clear estrogen properly like it should nice um yeah. you know there's one other term that keeps coming up like recently and you know maybe some women have heard about like when they read about estrogen in the gut um, mm-hmm. and it's called the estrobolome so could you explain that a little bit more Yeah, yeah, this one's really interesting. And I think, like you said, is sort of gaining some traction. And um, it's kind of funny. I've like, Mm -hmm. recently listened to a a podcast and heard someone um, try to coin the term, I think, like, testosterone or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Right. Right. But I think, you know, I, I think preliminarily, like we're calling it the estrobolome, um, which is really just the, the collection of microbes that, that also help play a role in metabolizing estrogen, but also, you know, these other hormones in the body. So, yeah, it's really, really interesting that, you know, now not only are we talking about the digestive system and sort of this pathway that we use to excrete or, you know, we, we want to be excreting, you know, the, the hormones after they've been used out of, you know, we're actually talking about these microbes playing a role in the actual, you know, um, metabolizing of the hormones as well. Um, and something that's come up and, you know, I'll try not to get too nitty gritty with this one, but I do think it's really interesting, um, is this enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. Mm-hmm. Um, and this basically in a nutshell, like if you have an imbalance of high concentrations of certain bacteria in your gut, that can um, increase or, you know, give you this excess of that enzyme. So let's just call it BG. I think that's easier. (laughs) So whenever, whenever we are producing this excess BG, it actually inhibits the estrogen from being eliminated. So you know how I talked about like, our body's very good at sort of packaging up and sending out this estrogen. Well, this little Mm -hmm. guy, BG is like, no, actually I'm going to take this perfectly wrapped box and I'm going to open it, (laughs) reactivate (laughs) your estrogen and, you know, allow it to recirculate. So, yeah, I mean, when we're having, you know, these issues in the gut and then, you know, we realize we're having all of these issues like breast tenderness, intense cramping, mood swings, bloating, like this is actually a marker that we can look for in, you know, in some testing, if, if that's available to someone um, that can, can tell us if that's, you know, playing a part in it. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff. That's super interesting. Um, you mentioned that, you know, the beat where like, when we have a high amount of like the BG um, mm-hmm. uh, molecule, like then we would get, you know, all these symptoms of like PMS and cramping and all that. So what actually contributes to a high level of BG? Yeah. So it's actually from, from what we know and what, you know, has come out thus far, it it really is looking sort of back into that really, um, that really foundational imbalance in the gut. So 
Um, basically, if you're having higher levels of certain bacteria, like this can, and, and lower levels, say, of these bacteria that you would rather have, that'll sort of keep you in balance, right? right. Um, this is something that, yeah, that can contribute to that enzyme um, being higher. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, we have like all these functions of the gut and then you were talking about some foods that you recommend for the gut. Um, you know, based yeah. on all these foods, what nutrients are actually really crucial for gut health? I know you did say like the microbes produce B vitamins, but I'm pretty sure there are a lot more, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there are a lot of different nutrients that, that play into gut health and that can be helpful, you know, for people who are trying to um, trying to boost their gut health or, or really sort of create more balance in the microbiome. Um, and those are, you know, some of them are crucial to digestion itself, which, you know, we're talking about gut, right? We're talking about all of these different things, but yeah, I mean, there are things like zinc is a big one in di digestive health, um, B vitamins. These are, you know, electrolyte minerals like sodium, potassium, magnesium. Like these are all things that are important in, you know, digestion and stomach acid production. That's actually a big part of, of digestion that we didn't really get into um, today. But yeah, I mean, those are, those are really important. Um, things like, you know, omega-3 fatty acids, like we talked about a little bit you know, the anti-inflammatory mm -hmm. compounds are, are huge in, in helping, you know, with that inflammation that we talked about that can come as a byproduct of this imbalance in, you know, in the microbes, these sort of um, triggers to the gut lining and all of that. Um, curcumin is a huge uh, anti-inflammatory molecule as well that, you know, is, is the active compound in turmeric. So when we talk about those like really vibrant spices, you know, curcumin is, is one that, you know, people can either take in capsule form or, you know, incorporate um, turmeric into their diet. Although curcumin is a lot better absorbed, it seems, in, in supplement form. So that is a great one just generally for anti-inflammatory. Mm -hmm. um, we have some nutrients that support the gut lining itself. So L-glutamine is a really, really, you know, heavily studied one. Um, slippery elm, aloe vera, marshmallow root, you know, um, yeah. So, so many different things like, like that, that can actually, you know, sort of soothe and support, you know, those, those junctions in that intestinal lining that we talked about earlier that we want to remain, um, you know, selectively permeable, permeable right. basically. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then of course, probiotics are, are always, you know, a hot topic. <laughs> so rotating hot, you know, high quality probiotics. And um, I am always sort of a proponent of the food first approach, sort of like we talked about. So I think, you know, as tolerated, the probiotic rich foods are great. Um, in certain circumstances, like choosing certain probiotics is also super helpful. Mm -hmm. um, I love a product actually that's a local product. So I, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana, um, and we have a, a uh, company here that does ferments, but she also, um, she's a microbiologist. She also made this, this supplement and I'm totally not sponsored by them, <laughs> by the way, I <laughs> really love their products. Um, it's called Culture Guru and they make this product called Biome Beauty, mm -hmm. uh, which is, it incorporates 
prebiotics and probiotics um, that they actually use from the leftovers of their ferment brine. So it's super cool. And it's, you know, a functional, real um, probiotics that, that's, that's not grown in a lab, but actually was lacto-fermented. And it's just a powder that you stir into water. So yeah, I mean, there are so many different really, really neat things as far as, you know, supplements go that can, can be really helpful as well. That's super cool. Um, yeah. you know, on that supplement note, I'm so glad that you said that you do also a food-based approach first, um, yeah. because that's also typically how I approach it because yeah, you know, you outline like so many nutrients and electrolytes that our gut needs or our body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like, um, besides supplements, we can always get this from food. Um, and also I just wanted to point out that, um, yeah, probiotics are really selective. Like there are some general ones, but if someone's listening to this and, you know, they have certain conditions or like SIBO, like having a probiotic (laughs) might actually worsen that. So like, I feel like gut health is both like, yeah, you can take care of it generally with vegetables, but obviously if you have like a lot more symptoms, right. Or like, totally, think you have an overgrowth or whatever is so important to work with a practitioner. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so, you know, everyone, that's why it's hard to sort of recommend. So, you know, people right. are like, should I take a probiotic? It's like, well, yeah. you know, if I don't, if I'm not working with you, you know, it's, it's really hard for me to say mm-hmm. everyone is so bio-individual, you know, there can be so many different things going on. Like you said, I mean, even just, you know, the SIBO is a huge one, mm-hmm. small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that people can have. And, you know, the, these folks can't, you know, sometimes tolerate any um, you know, new fibrous vegetables coming in, FODMAPs, all of that. So yeah, yeah, I totally, totally agree with you. Yes. Um, but I do, I do want to say that on that note, like, you know, whatever foods that you recommended earlier, like those are generally like pretty, you know, pretty good for like gut health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for, if you for know, a lot of the population, for sure. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, if someone has, you know, a lot of GI issues and, it's just kind of not going away. Do you recommend gut testing for them? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, just sort of like we said, everything is very sort of case by case. I do think there are a lot of great tests out there now, I think. And I think they're only getting better, honestly. Um, you know, I work with folks who typically have sort of mild to moderate symptoms. So if something if someone is having like extreme diarrhea, cramping, like unable to work, be social, I'm not typically their first stop. You know, like they're right. they will probably have already seen a physician. You know, and and also if that's you and you haven't yet seen someone, you are having something that's you know really acute and or or just really extreme. You know, I mm-hmm. always recommend seeking a functional medicine doctor. You know that that will really work to get to the root cause of what's going on. So, you know, often I think it's easy for conventional doctors or, you know, just practitioners um, to sort of slap an IBS diagnosis on someone's chart and say like, oh, or, you know, you're having all these symptoms, you have IBS, but, you know, irritable bowel syndrome is sort of a collection of symptoms but they have a root cause you know we don't just have all of these things so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think for folks who are you know when i work with people i you know i tend to start with 
these dietary and lifestyle changes to see if, if, and what if, you know, clears up that way. So a lot of times things can be as simple as addressing digestion from top down. So, you know, in the functional world or holistic nutrition world, we're, we're always hearing this sort of, you know, digestion is a North to South process, but it it really is. So, you know, one of the first steps is making sure you're eating in a relaxed state. You know, if we're running around, start scarfing down food between meals and I mean, between meals, between um, meetings and, you know, bringing the kids to school and whatever it is, we're not chewing our food, like just things like that can make huge differences, you know? stomach acid is a huge one like we talked about are we producing the enzymes we need um you know are we having food reactions and then yeah but but sort of getting back to um things like SIBO and all of that like testing can be a great tool like if 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 these sort of um smaller dietary and lifestyle changes you know managing stress doing all these mindful eating strategies, maybe some supplementation. Like if that stuff is not, you know, really moving the dial. Yeah. I mean, testing is great. Like it can, it can get costly. It isn't accessible for everyone, but you know, at that point, I do think that, that it can be really, really telling, um, you know, we can test for, um, or, you know, when you go to a functional medicine doctor practitioner, um, who's licensed to do these tests, you know, they can test for celiac disease, they can test for inflammation in the gut. So things like um, the LPS test, um, SIBO breath test, like we said, uh, the GI map is one that is really, really interesting to me and, um, mm-hmm. you know, can test for sort of what, what sort of balance of bacteria we actually have in the gut, if we have pathogens, you know, even it tests for that beta glucuronidase, like we talked about. So yeah, lots of markers in that test is great. There's food allergy and food sensitivity, sensitivity testing. So yeah, I mean, definitely, I think, I think the testing can be really beneficial and look, if I could, you know, have it covered by insurance and do all of the tests, like, you know, do it, or if you can, you can afford to do it, do it. I think, I think, you know, especially something like the GI map can be really helpful, just even in a preventative sense to sort of see what's going on. So, so definitely. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's like a great overview. Um, And of course, you know, all of these gut testing is also more like advanced and definitely should work with a practitioner on that. Um, So if someone, you know, has been listening to all of this and they're like, okay, I have some gut issues and I kind of want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I um, I do one-on-one coaching right now. So I offer two different types of coaching. One is sort of like a deep wellness coaching, which is exactly what you're talking about. So folks dealing with these mild to moderate um, digestive issues, you know, Um, energy swings throughout the day, reliance on caffeine, brain fog, you know, mood issues, skin flares, things like that. Um, You know, I offer that. So it's sort of, I go through a a hour and 15 minute intake. So we spend a lot of time just talking about your background and, you know, what's going on with you now. We do a nutritional assessment questionnaire and then sort of just see what needs to be supported in terms of, you know, foundations of things like digestion, blood sugar, 
hydration, fatty acids, minerals, you know, and things like that. So, you know, you'll get personalized recommendations, targeted supplementation, if that's something you're interested in, and if it seems warranted. So, you know, that's one type of coaching I do. And then I also do something called pro coach online coaching, which is really great for folks who don't necessarily have all of those issues that we talked about just before, but maybe just want to learn, you know, about basic nutrition, how to make healthy swaps, healthy meals, learn about, mm-hmm. you know, cooking, need help with accountability of just actually, you know, in implementing these new practices. So yeah, either of those are available to you guys. And yeah, you can just, you can go to my website, which is just macymathern at gmail i'm sorry macymathern.com um you can email me at macymathern at gmail.com or get in touch via my instagram which is flora.nutrition awesome i'll put that all in the show notes so people can find you um you know thank you so much for coming on the show today and you know taking the time to explain all of this um to us like thank you so much yeah of course thank you so much for having me i had a great time